verses 24 through 34. Reaching out in faith. Um, you could even word it if you want to, reaching out for the, the power of God uh, to, to grab hold of him. And as we think about this passage and what we see here, we need to Go back to the book of Hebrews where our Lord says, approach him, approach the throne with boldness. In other words, Jesus is inviting us to grab hold of him. And that is what we're going to see here today. And I think it's a challenge for us is that that is our challenge is that every day we should be reaching out to grab hold of him. And, that, and I'll, I'll get more into that in a moment. But go ahead, if you will, stand for the reading of God's word. Matthew or Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse number 24. And it says this. And he went off with him, and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. A woman had, who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up to the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that power proceeding from him, had gone gone forth, turned around in the crowd, and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. And the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Our Father God, as we come before you this morning, what a wonderful story. What a tremendous story, Father, of, of just of your love, as we've sang about all morning. Uh, Father, your love and your power that's in your love to, to heal this lady. Father, there is no doubt this morning there are many who are in need of a touch from you. There are many, Father, who need to experience your love firsthand. They need to experience your power firsthand. They need to experience your touch firsthand. And so, Father, as we come before you, we just want, we ask that your will to be done. Lord, if there is someone here today that needs that touch, Lord, they do just like this woman did. And reach in faith to grab hold of you. Whatever it is that you desire to do here today, Father, that's what we want. Lord, we, wanna, we don't want to see anything outside of what you want, but we want to see what you want to do in and through us. May it be. And we ask it in the name and the power and the authority of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
Well, we don't know the name of this lady, but what we do know is her situation. Now, let me just kind of break it down a little bit for you. Twelve years she's had this problem going on. And for 12 years, she has dealt with the fact of if she's married, she's not been able to be intimate with her husband. So there's no doubt that places a big strain on her marriage. If she's not married and she's single, nobody's gonna, no man's going to want to marry her and be with her. So she's lonely. She's lonely, and if she's single, and there's no doubt she's lonely, and she's missing out on the intimacy between her and her husband. Not only that, but she is considered unclean. So in other words, you can say she's almost an outcast. She can't go into the temple because she's unclean. And on top of that, she's broke. She has spent everything that she has had in order to try to for doctors to figure out what's going on and to help her. And on top of that, instead of getting better, she's getting worse. Here is a woman for 12 years, for 12 years has probably been living in misery. And the misery is not getting lessened, but it's getting worse each passing day. You could almost say that this woman is, in a sense, desperate. Because she's exhausted everything else. She's, she is to the point of physically and mentally and emotionally breaking down. And as this issue is continuing on, maybe because she's getting worse, maybe the thought has even crossed her mind, she's going to die. Because nobody can figure it out. And she has done everything that the physicians have asked her to do and nothing has worked. That's her state of mind. And I want to say just for a moment, there are many around us who are in that state of mind. And there may be someone here today who's in that state of mind. Just because you are a believer does not mean that you can't fall into this type of circumstance or this type of state of mind to where you feel like your world is crashing down around you and there is absolutely no hope. But just as in this case, there's hope. There's hope. And this woman hears Jesus is passing by. And so what does she do? She does what only she knows to do. Her motivation to reach out in faith caused her to do so. Desperate, lonely, on the verge of breakdown, fearing that she's going to die, I mean, she doesn't even, she, there's, her tomorrow is darker than what it is at this moment. It's getting darker and darker for her. But the light, the light, is passing by and she catches wind of it. And that is our motivation, is it not? It's our motivation here today that if you are, maybe not to the degree of this woman, but you feel like you're in a sense of desperation. Because I want to tell you, you don't have to be going through all these things that she's going through, but maybe what you are going through, it's dark for you. And it's hard for you. 
and you feel like maybe there is no hope. Well, I want to tell you today, more importantly, the Word of God tells us today, there is hope. And His name is Jesus Christ. And so you say, what's, what's my motivation? What your motivation is, where you're at today, you need Him. And He invites you to come to Him. He invites you to take hold of Him. He invites you to allow His love and His power to touch your life. And as it did for this woman, I want to promise you here today, Jesus will change your life. He will. But you have to take hold of Him. You see, Jesus did everything that He could up until this point. He made Himself available. Now, he didn't seek her out, technically. He didn't go to her house, but he did make himself available. He didn't go to the disciples and say, hey, there's this lady that's been hemorrhaging for 12 years. Go and find her and bring her to me. He didn't do that, but he made himself available. You see, if you're waiting for somebody to come and pick you up and to drag you to Jesus, chances are that's not going to happen. It may, it may happen. Jesus may send somebody your way. But on the other hand, he may not. But here's the deal. He still makes himself available. Because whether you're in your bedroom, you're driving down the road, you're sitting somewhere in a hotel room, Jesus makes himself available. All you have to do is to be motivated to say, I need him. Maybe he can help, and I'm going to him. Because I want to tell you something. Satan will whisper it in your ear and say, ah, you don't need him, it's okay, you can do it without him. No, she couldn't, and she knew it. May the motivation that this woman felt be the motivation that we have. If we're not in that situation, but to say there's people around us who are hurting. There's people around us whose marriages are on the verge of breaking. Whose Family life is turned upside down. Children who have gone astray. What we see in this lady is all around us today. And around us, not outside the church, but even in the church. May we be motivated, one, to come to him personally, or to make to take somebody by the hand and to bring them. May that be our motivation. The woman had a conviction. A conviction of faith that Jesus could and Jesus would. And that's got to be our conviction today, folks. That has to be our conviction. If we are motivated, and maybe this should motivate us, right, that Jesus can and that Jesus will, not only for you personally, not only for your family, but for those around us, for our friends, for our neighbors, for our co-workers, for the woman in the checkout line. Jesus can, and Jesus will. That has to be our conviction of faith. Because if it is not, if it is not our conviction of faith, we won't go to the next degree. We won't. We'll be content. May this be our conviction of faith. Not only that, but there is challenges. 
right? Listen, there is challenges to her faith. And so for this woman, not only does she have the challenges of what she's dealing with personally, but let's pedal where she's at. Jesus is surrounded by a host of people, a multitude of people. Not only that, but Jesus is, if you, if you want to say, he's on an important mission because he is, he's in the process of going to Jairus' house, who's very significant, who's very important. So as this woman in her condition comes to Christ, she sees all these people around him. He's intent on going to Jairus' house to help. She's an outcast, so nobody is going to help her. You know, nobody's going to grab her by the hand. Nobody's going to say, hey, Jesus, over here, there's somebody who needs... That's not going to happen. And I want to tell you this morning, there are challenges when we seek to touch Christ, when we seek to strive and reach out in faith, there will be challenges to that. So if you think the crowd is going to part, it's not going to happen. If you think Satan is going to roll out the red carpet, not going to happen. We all have challenges in our faith. We all experience challenges when we seek to touch and to receive and to experience the power of God in our life, whether it's our salvation. Do you think there's no challenges when it comes to our salvation? I can remember back when I was 18, before I came to Christ, the challenges I faced. And the challenges I faced were there, put there by Satan. Oh, you know, listen, wait until next week. Wait until next Sunday. Look at all the people in church. They're going to be thinking about you. They're going to be talking about you. Listen, it was there. It was to the point, even my salvation, I was afraid to be saved because I thought if I got saved, he was going to come back, and that meant my dad was going to die a lost person. The challenges, and it's, it's real. And we all experience those challenges. It's what we do in spite of those challenges. Because the woman was desperate. She was desperate. She was going to let that stop her. She was going to allow the fact that Jesus is surrounded, that she's an outcast, that he's on, if you will, an important ministry, and that he's on an important assignment, if you will, for somebody who's important, more, way more important than she was. At least she thought. At least she thought. Was it going to stop her? And it can't stop us. You see, because if we go back to what we said, if we believe Jesus can and Jesus will, we look at the challenges, we look at the giants, so to speak, we look at the obstacles that we face and say, I'm not going to let those stop me. Even as a church, even as a body, when we seek to do the things of God and experience the power of God in through the body of Christ, there's going to be challenges. And too many times we let, we let the mountains scare us. We let the mountains intimidate us. We let the giant cause us to be in fear. We let them stop us. My friend, this woman was so motivated because of her desperate need. She says, no challenge is too big to keep me from getting to him. And that has to be our mindset. There is no challenge, there's no obstacle, there's no mountain, there's no giant in your life that can keep you or should keep you from getting to Christ. And that's why he says, approach my throne with boldness. We need him. We need him desperately. 
I need him more today than I did yesterday. And I will need him more tomorrow than I do today. And the beauty of it is, Jesus is enough. He's enough. No matter what I experience tomorrow, no matter what I experience down the road, he is enough. And he's enough for you. He's enough. So don't let those challenges keep you from getting to him and reaching out to him. So, our motivation. There's going to be challenges when we reach out in faith. The third thing. The response. I love this. I love the response to her faith. I want you to look back into verse number uh, 20, or verse 30, rather. And it says, immediately, because she did reach out, it says, immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself the power proceeding from him, had gone forth, turned around in the crowd, and said, who touched me? You see, she felt so strongly about it, she didn't get his attention. She just came up behind him and grabbed hold of him. So he looks around in verse 32. And I love in verse 34. Because she, in verse 33, she's scared to death, right? In verse 34, this is what he says. This is her, his response to her. And there's really one word I want to focus on there. And he said to her, daughter. When do you think the last time she heard those kind of words to her daughter? For 12 years, an outcast, right? Broke, mentally, physically, emotionally, on the verge of breakdown. No intimacy whatsoever, if she's married or not married. No intimacy. As we know, no children. She is lonely. When is the last time you think she heard those kind, gentle words, daughter? And I can only imagine as he looked at her, those eyes. And as I was thinking about this, I, I don't know how many of you have ever watched Lord of the Rings. I, I love Lord of the Rings. But it's in the last one where it's the, the, the return of the king. I love the part, and it gives me goosebumps every time I watch that part. It's at the end when they've, they've had success, the battle's been won. Remember, they anoint if you will, the new king, they put it on his head. The place is packed out. And as he starts going through the crowd, he's singing, he's greeting people and stuff. Do you remember as he turns the corner, the proud parts, and who is standing there? Those four little hobbits. Scared to death. I don't know what to do. But it's what the king, it's what the king says and it's what the king does. Remember what he said to them? He looks at them, he tilts his head and Gosh, just the movie gets it. Just with the gentleness, he goes, my friends, you bow to no man. It's kind of like that. Here's this woman, scared to death, trembling. That's what the word, word, the word says, trembling, scared to death. And he turns around and he looks at her, not with condemnation, not with, why did you touch me for? What are you doing, woman? Don't you know I've got important issues? No. He turns around, and only the way that I can picture Jesus doing it, with those gentleness eyes, with those gentle eyes, looking at her, tilted head, and say, dear daughter. And that's what he says to you. And that's what he wants to say to you. 
When you come and you reach out and you grab hold of him in faith, he's not looking at you and saying, you're wasting my time. You sinner, what good are you? No, there is a gentleness that Jesus says, dear daughter, dear son, dear child. I, I, I can't put it into words. But his response to her, his response to her is not of striking down, but reassuring. Boy, I need that. I, des- I desperately need that. When, my, when I feel like my world is falling around me, when I, when I feel like my world is collapsing around me, when, when I feel like Satan is just, man, he's, 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 just, he's coming at me hard and heavy, I need those reassuring words. Dear son, dear child, I've got you. I've got you. And that's all I need to know. That's all I need for me to say, thank you, Lord Jesus. And maybe today that's what you need to hear. You're striving to to follow him. You're striving to reach out to him. And there's challenges and you feel like, man, I just, I can't get this. I can't do it today. You need to grab hold of him and let him look at you in only the way that Jesus can. And say, dear child. I promise you today, I promise you today, he's got you. His, as the first song that we sung, Logan, his love will never run out. It will never run out. His love will always be enough. His touch will always be enough. And in other words, Jesus will always be enough. Dear child. When you feel like your world is collapsing, when you feel like there's no hope, I've got you. Wow, what words. So his response is only the way that Jesus could respond. My dear friend, he'll respond to you the same way. He'll respond to you the same way. But you've got to grab hold of him. You've got to grab hold of him. And I want, I want to say one thing here. And when I first read it, I, I kind of chuckled, right? But then it was like, no, it's, it's not a laughing matter. I want you to go back into, and again, mind you, the crowd around you. I want you to look in verse 30 again. We want to read verse 30 and verse 31. It says this. It says, immediately, right, after he is, she has touched him, she feels going through her body that she's been healed. By Jesus saying to what she said to him, what Jesus said to her in verse 34, right? He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, before I get back down to verse 31, verse 30 and 31, Jesus not only reassures her, but he reassures her. Because maybe she would have walked away thinking, am I really healed? Am I really healed? Maybe it'll come back. But Jesus says to her, you don't have to worry about it. You're healed. You have a permanent healing, so go in peace. You don't have to worry about your salvation. You don't have to worry about, if you know, am I really saved or not? I want to tell you, when Jesus touches you and he saves you, you can walk away with that assurance your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. So don't ever let Satan, 
Don't ever let him tell you that maybe you're not really saved. Maybe, maybe you were tricked. No, if he writes your name down the Lamb Book of Life and you are covered by the blood of Christ, you, my dear friend, are a child of God and heaven's waiting for you. So don't ever believe the lies of Satan. Wow, what a reassuring word. Mm. Good, right? Good, because he's good. Now, verse 30. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving himself that the power proceeding from him, had gone forward, turned around the crowd, and said, Who touched my garments? Now, here's the sad part of this story. And his disciples said to him, You see this crowd pressing around you? And you ask, Who touched me? I say that is sad because she's had this problem for 12 years. I don't, when I, when I kind of put her, when I look at this situation, and again, wasn't there, but I see the desperation that she's experiencing. And they miss it. The disciples miss it. They should have sought her out. They should have brought him, her to Jesus. She should have, they should have, Jesus, she needs you. But they miss it. Because their focus was on other things. How many people do we miss that need the touch of Christ, but we miss it because we're focused on other things? Now, that, that's not trying to make us feel guilty and stuff. It, it doesn't, I don't mean that. But what it should cause us to do is say, I want to know. And if, I, if, if God allows me to perceive or to see the sense of desperation or the hurt in somebody, may I be the one who says, well, I don't know who did it, Lord. May I be the one to say, it's her, Lord. She needs you. May we be that way, right? May we kind of go with those eyes of, as we go out in our world. And yes, we, we live our lives. And yes, we're striving to walk in faith. But may we always be looking May we always be listening for those who need him. Because they may say it, and they may not say a word, but hopefully God will reveal to us who needs his touch, and we'll perceive that, and we'll say, can I pray for you? Can I share with you about the power of God? I love Ken Saul's, right? We all have a story. And maybe it's your story that will you share with somebody else that will bring them to Christ. Or maybe it'll just be the fact to say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. You know, it, it works. The gospel works. The gospel works. So ever how you share the gospel, whether it's a story or whatever you do, it still works. I don't care if you give a tract to somebody. The gospel works. It works. So may we be a people who say, Jesus, she needs you. He needs you. And not be the people who say, Lord, I don't know who it was. I have no clue. Well, not only the response, but save the best for last, right? The victory! Because that's it. That's our motivation. And yes, in spite of our challenges. Yes, in spite of 
the, the wonderful response, there's victory. There is victory. And this lady obtained victory through the power and the touch of God. When you came to Christ, you got victory. And, you, and we, we as his people, should be living in that victory every day. Every day. Because as we go every day, we go not in our power, not in our strength, not in our ability, but we go in the power and the authority and the victory of Christ. May we live that every day. But we only obtain it if what? If we grab hold of him. And, you know, when you try living a life, even if you're a believer, try living a life in your own strength and see how long you continue in victory. Because you won't. You'll lose. You will lose. You will lose every single time. And victory is not victory defined by this world. Victory is defined by one person, one person only, and that's God Almighty. The world may say you've lost, but God, on the other hand, says, no, you didn't. Even if it means if you lose your life, even if it means you lose your life for the cause of Christ, the world says you lost. It says to your family, you lost, but God, on the other hand, says, no, you didn't. You have victory in me. So don't let the world define your success. Don't let the world define your victory. Let God Almighty define your victory. And let him bring victory every day in your life by grabbing hold of him. This woman, because of her motivation, in spite of her challenges, reached out, grabbed a hold of him, and she obtained victory on that day. Not only was she healed at that moment, but she got to go away in peace and in permanent healing. And I was, it, listen, it changed her life. It changed so think about this for a moment. When arks are built, lives are saved. When staffs are raised, waters are parted. When lunches are given, people eat. And when prayers are prayed, God May not always want to answer the way that we pray, but God will answer. There's victory. And when people grab hold of Jesus, there's victory. Back in 1988, when I grabbed hold of him, it was victory. And I have strived, now again, not always there, but I have strived to live in that victory every day. And the older I get, the more I want to live in it. This morning, you have to make the first move. And I say that Jesus already made the first move. The cross. He's already made the first move. But if you want victory in the cross, you've got to come to the cross. And if you want victory in him on a daily basis, you've got to grab hold of him. Let his power, let his love, let, let him touch you. Let him reassure you. 
but may we be motivated. May we look at our challenges in the faith and say, not today. Not today. Giant, not today. Mountain, not today. I don't care what they are. Not today. Today, I'm getting to Christ. Today, I am grabbing hold of him. Because he invites me to. He doesn't say, get away, David. He doesn't break away from me, but he, he embraces me as I embrace him. And I get to hear those reassuring words. I got you. Trust me. I've got you. This morning, do you need to grab hold of him? Do you need to grab hold of him? I'm not sitting here today to tell you that Jesus is going to miraculously heal you if you're dealing with something. But what I am saying is that Jesus has got you. And he'll reassure you and he'll walk with you. And he may completely heal you. If you're dealing with something physically, he may heal you. I don't know. This woman, she didn't know what Jesus would do, but she moved anyway. I don't know what Jesus is going to do, but I do know this. He's got you. And he'll embrace you, and he'll reassure you, and he'll walk with you every step of the way. And if you're here today and you're lost, I can make this promise to you. He'll save you. He'll save you. You come in faith and grab hold of him, he will save you. Uh, do you know what is said about this story, in a way? How many people bumped into him that day. How many people saw him that day? But because they thought they were okay, they missed him. They missed him. It took a woman who was desperate to just drive and touch him to be healed. She knew she wasn't okay. And she had to do something about it. We miss it. And we think, I've got this, Lord. I can handle this. I can't. I can't. And I don't want to try. Don't miss his touch because you think you're okay. He's got you. You need him. I need him. We need him. Grab hold of him today. And let victory, let victory, his touch, touch your life. Our Father God, as we bow before you right now, Oh, Lord, this is just one of thousands upon thousands of stories and my own personal story and those who are here today, their own story, Father, of where we grabbed hold of you. We came to the cross and we grabbed hold and we said, Lord, I need you and your blood covered. But, Father, we still need you. And may we still be motivated today, just as this woman was, Jesus can, and I believe Jesus will. May that be our motivation, not only for our own life, not only for the church, but for those who are around us who are hurting. Jesus can, and I believe Jesus will. And Father, if we'll go with that conviction and reach out and grab hold of you, we too will experience victory like no other. Not by our might, not by our strength, not by our wisdom, but by you and you alone. 
may we reach out to you today and grab hold of you. We love you and we thank you, Father, for who you are. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen.